mamas gave us till we couldn't shake no more. We got down on our knees when cancer knocked at our door. We got kicked in the ass. We gave lots of sass. Oh, when it rains, it falls into this half full glass. Oh, thanks, cancer. Thanks, cancer. Thanks, cancer. Victories in the dark. Hi, I'm Mimi Hall. And I'm Leanna House. And you're listening to Thanks Cancer. We are two cancer friends. And we're not doctors, we're not nurses. We're not shrinks, we're not psychics, we're not shamans. No, and cancer's pretty hard too. I so mean, cancer's a little hard. You might hear some swearing words some in swears. the episode. Ben, we hope you'll enjoy it. This is the podcast we wish that we had when we were going through our treatment. So what I wanted to ask of you is, uh, what are we talking about today? Oh, we are talking about an episode that I have been avoiding. I know. This is this is the touchy subject, whether you've had cancer or not, and it's fertility. Yeah. So stick with us. You know, as we were preparing for this podcast, just chatting about this choice, I was like, well, I don't really have anything to contribute about that in a way, because I was 43 when I got diagnosed, and I don't have any kids, and I wasn't really planning on having any kids, but it's always kind of a choice that comes up in life, with or without cancer, well, and it's, it's a big a, choice. It's a choice that was taken away right in a like more substantial way right and it's it's never nice to have options cut off right exactly exactly and i think there's so many other things connected with this too it's like thinking about creating life when you might be facing death I mean, you can only face one of those things at a time, really. I mean, you're kind of in a state of shock, right? And I mean, the thing is this. So from what I understand in the past, this was never something that was really discussed. It wasn't part of the protocols that doctors had, right? Doctors never talked about it because I do think that people are getting diagnosed younger and younger with cancer. Like that's a newish thing in the numbers. I agree with you there. And I also say people are surviving more. Yes, because our medicine is way better. In certain stages, exactly. Well, then also, wait. I need to just check this in too. We're just now able to do things like harvest eggs, right? And have this technology. So before, fertility, previously, it fertility wasn't even an is kind of still in its infancy. In the '80s, like this wasn't even an option. Exactly, and and it was really just starting out with regular civilians. They who had didn't just have figured cancer. out birth control. I know, like I know. just barely. Exactly. So I do think this is a brave new world for everyone. But it's yeah. something I think that we, you know, it's really important that we talk about too. Yes, because it's super important and now we have the technology and the capability and there's resources to help you yeah well and the doctors i think are the ones who are getting informed at the same time as the patients Mm -hmm. so like you need to help your doctor with this because not all doctors are on board with this new brave new world so what is the best new protocol as you understand it for for fertility treatment yeah like for doctors to take so like what happened i'm assuming you had probably like top treatment so what happened with you so i did have top treatment dana farber is like the spa of cancer centers it's pretty good it is pretty good so my first day i got diagnosed and i went in for one of those marathon days at the hospital and before they even talked to me about my diagnosis i like i knew i had cancer but like i hadn't even seen a medical oncologist yet Mm -hmm. i'm hearing things about fertility Mm. like i'm already like i haven't even gotten told if i'm gonna live or die Now, what exactly the details of your protocol were at that point. So I don't think it's the protocol to bring it up that early. Yeah. But it happens like day of diagnosis, Mm. like day of diagnosis, you get told that you because like this is something that you need to think about within the week. 
So my cancer was really aggressive. And when it's that aggressive, like you don't want to put off, it's super aggressive, it's hormone fed. So you can't put off doing chemo because you have to like get in and kill the cancer. Like you have to rush through fertility treatment. So you, your fertility treatments that would take normally, how long would be compressed into how long? Oh my God. Okay. So if you are doing fertility treatment, like for the fun of it, when that happens, you, it's five weeks of hormone treatment to get like to go from start to finish Mm -hmm. soup to nuts about five weeks or six weeks and ideally you'd go through you know five or six of those Mm -hmm. you would spend a year or six months or whatever like going through those hormone treatments and like taking a little break but all of this had to happen in five weeks like from me getting diagnosed with cancer to starting fertility treatment was like two days oh my god because i had to get it was the right time in my cycle oh so i had to do it i never thought about like your period being a factor but of course it is your ovulation i mean oh my god and it was yeah no it's a huge factor it's like the factor um (laughs) always such a factor i'm always so surprised when it comes Cancer, why are you still here? I should be grateful. I Uh, miss mine. Are you bragging? Oh, Leanna. (laughs) But it was like, right after I got diagnosed, I got started on fertility treatment. And I don't know how much you know about fertility treatment, but... It's awful. It's awful. So the treatments make you feel like a pregnant lady. So you are hungry and tired and upset and hormonal swings. Do you get fat? Yeah. Yes. Yes, you get fat. I knew that would happen. Oh, yeah. It's like all part of the deal. And you can't have caffeine and you can't like have tuna or fish yeah. things like you have to what? act like you're pregnant oh you have to eat like you're pregnant that's so awful because you're producing your eggs for you're basically making babies yes you're making babies Ugh. but you're not making babies well also you're making babies to put in the freezer which like feels weird just from the outset now, were you worried about the cancer growing while this was happening? Yes. Too? Well, my cancer was hormone fed. Right. So were you so, worried about that growing well, with no, the eggs? I mean, like, I knew it was going to grow with the eggs. Like You would just accept that? Yeah. Oh, no. Jesus. I mean, there's no way that my hormone fed cancer isn't going to like ignore all of the beautiful estrogen floating around. So that was part of the equation that you had to take into consideration. Yes. That's why they were, they, that's why they got me in so fast. So they didn't even, so a lot of centers have the medicines donated. So you can't get your insurance together fast enough because I went from never been sick a day in my life to having fertility treatments in two days. Insurance does not move in two With days. With cancer. With cancer. With right. cancer. There's several layers of that cake. Yes. There yeah. <laughs> oh it's it's a beautiful multi-layer cake. Mm-hmm. But poo. so insurance does not cover it. So what happens is, I don't know, donors maybe buy the medicine so that a clinic can front you because insurance isn't going to pay for it and they can't release it until it's paid for Mm -hmm. but they can pay for it because they have it on hand 
Got it. So they can they can basically bridge. Yes. It's like a bridge loan in a way. Yes, it's a bridge loan. Yeah. So that's what I did. I got like medicine given to me in like this paper bag and it's like there and there was things in there that I didn't even know what they were because they're like five instructions down the road. Okay. So we're on a long ride with this fertility. So (laughs) diagnosis and then two days later you're starting fertility treatment. So that starts with um, you know, you meet with a fertility team who does not have a sense of humor. Fertility does not have a sense of humor. So you start your treatments and what your treatments involve. So it's this very complicated, like how your hormones react and they scan you and they're tweaking things because they're like trying to give yourself the best oven to make these egg babies. And so it's an art. So you're in there every day and every day you're getting like new instructions. So like you have to like really keep track. Um, So every day at like three o'clock in the afternoon, you call your nurse and you're like, hey, what am what am I doing today? And your nurse like tells you right there like, oh, you're taking these shots that you've never given yourself before. And you're doing three of them in the morning and three of them at night or one of these and two of these. And you have to like super keep track. And it's like five or six different medications. It's like a lot of different medications. So you're like super confused. And then every morning you go in and you have a blood draw where they take your blood and they test it for whatever hormones they're testing for. I don't even know, estrogen, whatever. They're Mm -hmm. testing the levels of the ripeness of eggs. I don't even know how they Mm -hmm. tell what they tell, but, and you're also getting, getting, uh, you're getting a wand put into your vaginal canal. Ultrasound. Yes. I've had those before. You're getting a it's wand off, ultrasound like every this. morning. Every morning. Good morning. Yes. Good morning. Poke with a pin. Here's your vaginal ultrasound. And then you're out the door. And then at three o'clock, you're getting your new marching orders for like what you're doing for the rest of the day. So are they looking at the follicles? Yes. Forming? They're they're looking at the follicles forming. They're like seeing what that is with all the levels of estrogen and How hormones. It's, what's changing? What's positive? Yes. Yes. Um, like what they need to pull back on. And so it's very complicated. But meanwhile, you are giving yourself shots like every day, like morning and night. Oh yeah. Every day you get bruised. So, but like psychologically, like giving yourself a shot is really hard. Like you have to gear up for it. Right. It's like, so (laughs) I had just started a new job and I was going to my first, like, um, this is our lab summer vacation event. And like you all get together and I was going through fertility treatment at that time. And so I'm like out in the woods in New Hampshire somewhere (laughs) and I have to like give myself a 635 fertility treatment and so I have a friend a new friend I asked her I'm like can you give me a shot you're a doctor she's like I am not that kind of a doctor I'm like you're basically that kind of a doctor (laughs) so she gave me the shot like at this in this shed in New Hampshire while people talked about science outside it was like a very surreal it's experience. very modern and old fashioned at the same time it's very it was, weird it's like it was so very weird. surreal i mean it's just it sounds like such a it's such a hard time too. I mean, oh you just started a job, you got diagnosed with cancer, now you're in fertility treatment. Yeah, I mean, and I'm uh, super emotional. I'm like hungry all the time. I have to pee every five seconds. Right. Like you're just weird. Everything feels weird, and you're getting fat. Right. <laughs> like right. it's bizarre, oh and you like God. can't drink caffeine. 
And then you what know, was, where was your mind with like the psychology of oh it? Oh my God. Like, I mean, where were you like mentally with like, okay, so I'm, I just get diagnosed. So mentally, it's really weird um, because you're thinking about like how you might be dying. Like, you don't know that you're not going to die. You don't know right. the treatment. Like, you haven't even gotten the treatment yet. Like, I might be dead. Like, who cares if I have eggs or not? Like, I could be dead. So you're dealing with, like, thinking about, like, trying to not think about, right? Not think about right. the treatment that's ahead or your chances of survival. Right. Because you can't think about that, but you're super emotional. And the reason you're so doing you're, it is for posterity. And Yeah. Yeah, right. So it's like just it's this just, weird mind fuck. Yeah, it really is. It and, really <laughs> well, and it is. You know what? I'll say this to Leanna. It's like for every woman, it is a mind fuck too. Like it is always a mind fuck. Like having to make that decision of whether or not you have kids one way or another. Do you know oh. what I mean? Like it's always. We were talking about this before the podcast. Is personally such a weird. Uh, it's it's, such, how do you make a decision like that? Sometimes the decisions are made for you by other decisions you make. Like you marry someone who, you know, doesn't want to have kids or you can't have kids with or something happens in life and you make different decisions, but you just end up and sometimes you end up being like, okay, it was fine, you know, and then you can still feel sad about it. But it is really like it's one of those things, I think. Um, it's interesting and like I think if it were easier to harvest eggs and to be able to extend the decision a lot a lot of people would in a way but it sounds like a horrible procedure well and okay so I'll get back to the horrible procedure for women but it's not a walk in the park for men like men still have the same psychological mindfuck I think that fertility the act of fertility itself is very different mm -hmm. because guys can save up a lot in a short amount of time mm -hmm. for for men who are going through chemotherapy yes. who need to save their sperm is what yes. you're talking about. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. when men go through, men go through the same fertility concerns mm -hmm. for sure. Even though it's not the same time frame, mm -hmm. it's definitely the same mindfuck. Yeah, exactly. The psychology of it is really, it's just, it's got to be really tricky too. I yeah. mean, I, I just, I honestly I can't imagine. I mean, it, so it was never offered to me. Uh, it never came up at all. And from what I can remember, and I think they kind of looked at my age and like, she's 43, she's a boyfriend. And you know how did I mean? they even make that decision? I don't know. And I don't know if they did or not. Like, it could have been something they just brushed upon. Like, do you plan on having children? And I probably said no. And they just checked it off and everyone was happy about it. And I think I've kept my fertility possibly, but I'm not going to try to have children. Like, it's just not something that's on the boards for me. I mean, I think I've kept my fertility as much as a 47-year-old woman could. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I still have my periods. My periods didn't stop. We could so. have a baby together. Thanks, cancer twins. Wait, no, we can't have a baby. Oh, do you want to take my... No, you don't want my eggs. My eggs are all chemoed out. Like, I would not use these eggs. I mean, supposedly chemo doesn't affect and the eggs I've all the time. I've seen, like, a lot of really clean babies after chemo. I don't want to go through what you went through. I know. I'm being honest. I don't think it's a good idea for someone who's well, had cancer. So, Because okay. I don't want to okay. get so, estrogen-based so cancer for having your baby. I'm sorry. I love you, but okay, I'm Okay, so I didn't Pick get you... Pick someone younger and prettier. 
and smarter. And I don't have any, made better choices. I don't have any younger siblings. How about picking someone who doesn't have cancer? Like, I mean, can I like pay a college student for her eggs? Yes, it costs. That's another thing. I mean, I think one of the things that I've talked about my fantasy for you is for you to get a surrogate because if you do get pregnant, I know that your chances of getting cancer are very high. Are very high, and that's something that I really worry about as your friend. Do you know what I mean? And I think like you might. I know that you probably want to experience having a baby, but I do think that if it were feasible and you told me you were having a surrogate do it, I'd be like, wow, I'm really glad because that, you know, like I just, you've told me the facts. Well, I'm getting another mastectomy. Like I've just accepted that that's in my future. You have? Well, if I get pregnant, like the cancer will come back. So we should just, we should just clarify this for the listeners. So Leanna got one breast removed and kept I I had a single mastectomy because this was a decision that was made in the midst of all of this fertility stuff because do I want to nurse kids? It's so interesting though like I have to believe that making any decision when you're going through fertility treatment is really really influenced by the hormones that fertility you're treatment and cancer like, like you might make a very different decision when you're not getting fertility treatments that you would oh when you're getting them and so it's interesting I never took that into consideration that like you had to make all of these decisions oh, while you, you were, were going out through your the mind. worst hormonal time because I've mm-hmm. had I've had bad experiences on the birth control pill with hormones that have made me feel like I was going out of my mind which is nothing compared to what you were going through with like the five cocktails of shots I mean, they every were day all different like something it was all terrible right so just back to it's like really interesting that you have to make all these decisions and and also think about the financial implications yeah no there's there's huge financial implications to deal with um but i also so i didn't get you all the way through the process of fertility oh yeah keep going so every day you have this weird you know call and get get pierced every day i guess at the end of this you have a surgery and that surgery is like minimally invasive like they go up in vaginally with like little laparoscopes or whatever but it's still like a procedure like you still have to go out you still have to go under like full anesthesia and um, painful I mean as painful as surgery is and like it's super weird because they like they don't like rip the eggs out but they kind of rip the eggs out like it's a weird pain so you have that surgery and for me I had the surgery and two days later I started my first chemo so so that was like a pretty bad week I mean it wasn't my favorite but I had my two favorite siblings there like the funnest siblings yeah like the funnest combination and so it was like silly silly surgery silly silly chemo I'm like oh this was was a good week because it had to average out yeah so, oh my god, that's yeah. a lot. So it was a lot. Fertility is a lot. All right. So so then so now what? So your eggs are on ice somewhere. So what's yes. that like? So afterwards, like I feel like I've had enough dealing with the cancer, but mm-hmm. you also have to deal with like the aftermath of the eggs. So they uh, store the eggs for you at the hospital where you get the procedure done for a year, mm-hmm. and that is like pretty expensive storage costs like right at the hospital so it's like a thousand dollars and then a year later you have to make a decision do you want to like keep them at the hospital or do you want to ship them off and there's like costs associated with shipping but the costs of like long-term storage are lower so that's like four hundred dollars so you have to a year later like make the decision like what am i doing with my eggs now and then Mm -hmm. like every year you get like a bill in the mail 
Like, mm-hmm. I'm paying my taxes. Right. So it's kind of like, and I don't even know where my eggs are. Like, I have all the paperwork. But, but they're like, in a storage facility somewhere in America. Yeah, they're, I mean, and the paperwork is, like, somewhere under my, like, mountain of, I don't know, I have piles. Yeah. <laughs> I should probably sort well, through that You should that. just, you should know where it is. I mean, I do know where it is. I know all of the places that it could be. I mean, so that's, I mean... <laughs> So I know where it is in right. the larger sense. Right. No, I know. I think that's right. I mean, I guess the other challenge is just sort of thinking about like, because you were with someone and then you broke up in your treatment and yes. you're dating right now. So do you yes. think about, I guess my question is before we get into protocols is, do you think about who you're going to have your baby with? And does that like, I guess I'm kind of interested in like how you think about you've got these eggs on ice. Yeah, so, how that, if you're willing to talk about it. So when you go through a fertility treatment, like, with someone that you're not married to, you you haven't, like, talked about kids. Right. Like, right. you have to make the decision, are you going to put eggs on ice or are you going to put embryos on ice? Right. Which is, like, kind of a big decision to make all at once, like, during the worst week that you've ever had as a couple. Oh, um, God. And I was going through something super emotional so my boyfriend was like I don't feel like I can say no to you right now like so I have to do it and I'm like no you shouldn't let my tears emotionally manipulate you into like making a baby like this should like the dynamic is all wrong Mm -hmm. like the dynamic is all wrong to make these decisions about like eggs or embryos but I did the research like during the worst week of my life and two and a half years ago so I'm remembering this from when I did that but a disclaimer because I work in science I know how scientists work so the chances of having a live birth Mm -hmm. from an egg are like two to three percent okay two to three percent that's very small yeah that's super small so for all that work you went through yes and the eggs that you get like there's different quality eggs there's like the grade a right triple large this is very likely to become grass fed yes a good baby there's like good baby eggs and there's like bad baby eggs. i mean they're like not bad but they're like (laughs) probably not gonna be able to make a baby it'll be colicky i mean because they have to like so you take your egg and you freeze it which is pretty traumatizing i imagine and then you like resuscitate it like you bring it back to life and then you like throw some sperm at it like it's very traumatized and you need like a strong egg (laughs) to be able to deal with that okay so you have good eggs and bad eggs ish less viable i bet less viable eggs yes um although they're doing a lot with like the advancement of science and this is like a lot of people are very motivated to figure this out to like increase your chances of having kids two to three percent this is going to turn into a live baby and the eggs that you get if you're like if you're 23 and going through fertility treatment you might pop out like a hundred eggs maybe more maybe less but it's like a lot of eggs but if you are in your 30s or if you're 35 you might produce one or two eggs oh my god yeah so it's not uncommon i mean usually like i was 33 and i was told you know about half dozen to a dozen is like common range. That's what they'd love to see. That's what they'd love to see. They'd be really excited for 20. They'd be really just, they don't think that I would just have four, but like you're playing this guessing game and you're going through a lot of work. So I have, I don't know, nine eggs and two to 3% puts me up to, you know, 30%, which isn't terrible. 
Oh, I see. So each egg gets a point. Okay. Yes. That, you know what? Yes. Okay. Because I was just thinking to myself, like, why do people spend all this money doing it? But it's like, okay, so if you can get the number of eggs. So there's a little gamble yeah. here. In the I mean, it's definitely game. a gamble. But, like, wow. your chances are pretty good because if you do it, if you do it four times. Right. Your chances are, like, 120%. Right. I mean, they probably never go up that high, but like right, but your chances you just you increase really your good. chances exponentially. With I got yes. it. It's so interesting. Yeah, because so, I, I was never I never dealt with this, so it's just yeah. fascinating so, to learn about it. But I don't have time to do another round. Mm-hmm. So, but with embryos, uh, if you have a partner and can get an embryo, the chances go up to like 25% of embryos result in a live birth. Just because the embryo is much hardier. The embryo is a forming... Yes. Right. It's like five cells instead of one cell. Poor little cell, all by herself. I know, right. My boyfriend and I tried to make an embryo, Mm -hmm. and part of that decision is you have to gauge, am I going to be with this person... Do I want to have a baby with them? Other, or do I want to have a baby with them? And, like, going through cancer is really hard on a relationship. Like, a right. lot of people break up. Like, you did. Like, I did. Right. And it's common, so you have to, like, think about... I did, too. And you also have to think yeah. about not just that. You have to think about, okay, well, if I'm gone, my baby has to be raised by this person on their own. It's, I mean, do you think about that when you're dating a little bit? I mean, you like, have to, th- I mean, you have to think about when, that when you're dating. It's the responsible thing to think about that when you're dating. But, like, you think about it in a very visceral way because, like, you might die right now. You might die having the baby. Yeah. Like, you, but you might die, like, like, you're confronting your death in a very immediate way that most people are not every day. Like, every day you don't get told you have cancer. Right. And also, it's just a new frontier, too. Like, it's the first generation of people who might die with eggs on ice. And who do you leave them to? Oh, I've already left them to Leslie. You know, I Is that your sister? That's my sister. (laughs) Is that your doll? Your family? (laughs) I I told her on this pod... On, like, one of our early podcasts, Uh I told her. Uh Uh-huh. Because... I realized when I was talking to you that I hadn't even I hadn't even told her that I was giving her my eggs. I was oh, just like, I'm great. gonna put her down. She's gonna be responsible. And like, what a weird responsibility to get. Like, your sister dies, and you have to like figure out what to do with her eggs. It's like a weird responsibility to put on someone without talking to them. Like, you should definitely talk to them. It's a very space age problem, though. <laughs> it's pretty cool. It really is. Enjoy that, Leslie. Uh, yes. So, um, but I. I'll help, Leslie. Leslie. Well, like you can donate them to science. Try to try to grow a whole person from it. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I want to donate it to science for. Really in it. Yeah. All right, so, what are our protocols? Okay, so our protocols are be really nice to anyone who's going through fertility. <laughs> <laughs> our protocol is like this is gonna really suck. It's like, hard. It's a bad decision. It's not a good time, right? Like, okay, so if you just barely got diagnosed with cancer, like, yesterday, and you're listening to this, like, you should ask your doctor if fertility is right for you. But uh, barring that, like, there's not a lot you can do. Well, I'm going to say that I think there is something we can do, and everyone who's listening should just talk to people about this. 
talk to people who've gone through this and you haven't been off of fertility treatments. Talk to your doctors about that. That's talk always to your good. nurses. Yeah, talk to people about this. And even if it doesn't involve you directly, just think about all the people it involves and just bring it up as a point of conversation. Tell them so to listen to Thanks Cancer. Know. You know, I mean, but, but Are I mean, we advertising here? No, but I mean, I think it is just so important. Well, yes, but anyway, but it's really important. That's why we're doing the podcast is because it's really important that people know about this and that it becomes part of the dialogue. Like, oh, so when you get diagnosed with cancer, you have some choices that this, are new. This is not a comfortable conversation for people to have. Well, and people need to know about resources too. I think it was um, Krispy Kreme who said to us, uh, talked to us about Livestrong Foundation. Yes. Giving money, uh, providing funding for people who have incomes of, I think it's like round a cap of like $80,000 or something like that. Yes. Yeah, and, and harvesting the whole, yeah, oh. the whole shebang. So just Google this online. Like just take a look for these programs because these programs exist. But what we've found is that very often you just have to, it's just a good Google search. It's not impossible to find support. It just takes, it's taking a breath and doing the search. And Well, and thing, having people help you. Yeah, because you're going to be help. under duress usually if you're looking for this information. Yes. It's miserable information to be looking at. So that's a good task to give to your care team. Yeah. Look for baby, baby scholarships. Yeah. And just let people be really understanding around you. It sounds like a really hard process. I, I do just want to... I was not a happy person during that whole time. I was like yeah. happy and sad and crying and I'm crying because I get a, I have cancer, but I'm also crying because like the mood swings. Oh my God. Like you're a crazy person. It's, I mean, and you go through that, you know, too, when you're pregnant and you go through that when you have oh. kids too. And then they go through that when they're teenagers and you go through that with them. I'm just, I guess what I'm trying to say here and maybe I'm trying to put like some frosting on this cake of poo, but <laughs> I'm mean, not, no, no, but hear me out. Like not, so I'm 47 years old. I don't have any kids and it is wonderful. I mean, I think, I do think about sometimes the sadness of not having had children. And there was a small brief window of time when I was with my ex-husband that I really did think I wanted children. Um, I did at the time yeah. and I'm really grateful that we did not do that together because of the way things turned out in many ways. Our marriage falling apart and then me getting sick. And I think that I'm really glad that I've not had kids in the end in my life. And I'm happy to talk about that too. And I think that's important also is to acknowledge that you can have a really rich, wonderful, different life without kids. And there's always going to be a little sadness or a lot of sadness, depending on how attached you were to those dreams. But if you stay in the present and you know, just view it as like, oh, this is just a different opportunity for me. It's also a new chance to be a woman without children. This is a new experience too. Right, it's part right. of the future too. Right. And I find it very rewarding and satisfying. And I still maintain a lot of presence with kids. I'm just about to start doing some mentoring and volunteering with the You're public gonna school system. You're going to be the fun aunt forever. Yeah, that's, and what's really nice is that you don't have to, you don't lose out on a lot of sleep and stuff like that. And a lot of oh money. Because these are two big issues. Is so hard. Well, it's so expensive and it takes so much energy and time. And if you're already at risk for cancer, you could get really worn out. So, I mean, nannies help if you can afford them, but it's always this like money and energy equation, right? it's It's this weird, so you like shelter an entire being with your body and your body is never the same. 
No. I mean, I have not had a baby, so I don't, on some level, I have no idea what I'm talking about. It might be regenerative a little bit if you had a baby. I don't know if it didn't but kill you, I've but that's heard, the risk. I've heard that a lot of women, like, their bodies are always different after having a baby. It's... In, I, like, weird ways. Some some of the younger mums I've known have snapped back really well, but they've all been pretty much in their 20s or very exceptionally young, early 30s types yeah. who are incredibly fit. Um, I do think it can take a toll, and I think that those of us who've already gone through some pretty major surgeries in chemotherapy and radiation have already had a lot of stuff done, and it is oh, cumulative. We've had a lot taken out of us. You know, our bodies get abused, and I, I do I do think there's just, there's some really nice things to not having kids in lots of ways, and I do think it's always a mourning and a sadness for me in this teeny little way, but it's like, I don't need to touch on it every day. I don't even touch on it every every month. It's not and really part could, of it anymore. You could give birth to a crazy person. And if I really care about spending time with kids, I could work my life around that. Yeah. I really could. Like, there's plenty of babies that need to be hugged, always, and there's yeah. plenty of kids that need to be taken care of. And oh as my- a woman, you get to fulfill that in ways that guys are not allowed. I mean, that's, so I just, I guess I'm saying this to all of our sisters, no matter what they've been through, like, it, it's okay to joke about not, like, wanting babies and not wanting kids, because plenty of people joke about us, but, you know, yeah. on the other end of things, like, in all sorts of ways, and it's just no big deal to be like, you know what, I mean, and if you really get down to it and you think about the nitty gritty of parenting, it's pretty hard, especially for, like, my generation, my friends have had kids a lot older, it's and it's super, just tough. It's super tedious. You have to, like, tell your kid, like, 20 times... You cannot piss in the garbage can. They need to learn everything. Like, they, they have to learn it, like, a lot. And you have a to, lot more than you think they should have to. I just have such a hard time getting myself dressed in the morning. And so I just can't imagine having to dress another human being oh every God. single day for years. I've watched my sister's kids years. and, like, played single mom. And I'm like, I don't want to be a single mom. This shit is hard. Oh, my God. The single moms. So my boyfriend raised two kids and he co-parented. He was divorced pretty much for most of their lives and uh, it's just he's he's a saint and I think he's a really better person honestly for having raised kids I just look at that though and I'm like wow I'm glad you did that and I'm glad I didn't right at this point and trust me Leanne if you had talked to me 10 years ago rewind 10 years I would have been bursting into tears because that was my period you know so it just I am I am you 10 years ago no, you're you're in a different place. You're much more evolved. You're in your 2.0 already, and you're in a very different place. And I think you really want to have kids in a way that you've wanted it your whole life, in a way that I didn't. I wanted it for a few years of my life, and you've wanted it most of your life. Well, I would fertility, say fertility. Other than the breakup, fertility was the hardest part of my cancer treatment. Totally, like, so sensitive. It's it's so hard. Yeah, but it's hard. It's hard no matter what. Like it's, everyone's gonna have. It's hard no matter which choice you make, too. Yeah. It's just a question of, like, what do you do with it? How resilient are you after that? That's what this yeah. podcast is a lot about. It's about finding victories in the dark and being resilient in the face of some horrifying situations. <laughs> I mean, it, it, and it I makes you... think about this. And trying to do it with a little bit of style and flair. I mean, how else are you going to do it? Exactly. And you've lost all of that baby weight that you put on. You look fantastic. Yes, I did. I lost Your all that baby weight. Your hair's growing back from chemo. You're right? dating. I have to have okay. longer hair than my child. Right. That would be a good oh my god I felt like I was in a race with my niece and now she's totally beat me and it's just like oh, oh. yeah no I, she deserves it she same deserves with it. my niece you know we'll oh. get there we'll get all there alright right, well listen thanks Lana for talking about this really tough uh, stuff okay I don't want to thanks for making me talk about it alright thanks, thanks cancer, cancer. Mwah, mwah. 
That was our episode. Thanks for listening to Thanks Cancer. If you guys enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you would give us a review on iTunes or Google Play. And you can find us on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook at Thanks Cancer. And please, we'd love to hear from you your stories. Your protocols. Exactly. Advice that you have to share with the community. So send us your audio files at info at thankscancer.com. Well, the traffic stopped you lay on the horn and you ask yourself, where is my cancer unicorn? But we're at the gate with your cancer card. We're your passport date. Cause Trees in the dark. <laughs>